technology cannot replace people with regard to service and connection and relationship. You're listening to the Fitness Industry Podcast, powered by Australian Fitness Network. For articles, resources, and inspiration to grow your fitness business and career, go to fitnessnetwork.com.au, where you can also find a huge range of online and face-to-face courses, accredited for CECs and other continuing education points, with up to a massive 40% discount for members of Australian Fitness Network. In this episode, renowned club owner, industry advisor, and health club consultant, Bill McBride, talks people versus tech and how to over-deliver your way to profitability with Network's Oliver Kitchingman. Bill, welcome to the Fitness Industry Podcast. Great to be here, Ali. Appreciate you having me as a guest. Bill, you say that many fitness facilities are starting to rely too much on technology, but isn't this a way to go in this day and age, especially if you're sort of chasing the Gen Y and and even the Gen I market? Yes. I mean, technology is critical. It's key. It's useful. A lot of times technology is looked at by certain people as, oh, it's cool for technology's sake. You know, from my perspective, technology must solve a problem that you have. So I'm a big believer in innovation. I'm a big believer in using technologies to better operate fitness facilities, clubs, leisure centers, and such. But I think that uh, the best course of action is using smart technologies with human touch. Technology cannot replace people with regard to service and connection and relationship. Okay, so technology, having all of the bells and whistles and the latest technology in your club doesn't actually amount to customer service. So is that, you talk about the service fallacy, is that part of that? Yeah, the service fallacy, my definition is using technology and scripting and systems solely without really hiring and training and getting the right people that truly care and have that authenticity. So you can't scale service and replace service with systems and technologies alone. Systems and technologies support the core of our business, which is people, people serving people with a service heart. And so a lot of times people get excited and and try to use systems and technology as a program when we really want to stay focused that those are extra tools. The core is always going to be the core, and that's people. So if you can't fake it, how can you make it? People see through, you know, insincerity and phoniness, you know, their, their radar goes off immediately. So, you know, faking it, you're, you're just kidding yourselves that, uh, that you're delivering something. People might not call you out on it. They might not say anything about it, but, uh, but nobody's buying when you're not authentic, buying, you know, what you're trying to, uh, to portray yourself as. So, I mean, in order to make it, you have to really have your values straight and, and really be committed to living those values and representing your brand in an authentic manner. You know, you don't have to be all things to all people, but you have to be genuine and sincere with what you are and who you are. And so, you know, to make it, you have to be authentic and committed and it's got to be real. You give an interesting example in one of your presentations about the big bank example where they basically they are trying to fake it. They're trying to to introduce some of the human customer service element, but in a way that, that doesn't quite ring true. 
Would you care to share that story? Yeah, I mean, the example is a is a large U.S. bank that actually international bank that um, goes well beyond true authentic service in the sense that it's got scale, it's got systems, it's got scripts, it's got technologies, but there's a gap based on their execution with regard to their core values and principles for the customer. So when there's an inherent gap in, in your how you handle a customer's issues compared to how you purport your service you know, policy and, and philosophy, it becomes really apparent when something goes wrong. When nothing goes wrong, people don't notice as much, but when something goes wrong and you're treated in a manner that's not consistent with the messaging, you lose trust in that type of um, service and, and example. So in the session, I just simply talk about the disconnect between organizational values and the customer service that they're trying to purport with regard to their scale systems and innovation and technologies. And it's very dangerous the larger we get to, uh, to work to prevent that gap from occurring. When you're an independent operator with one, two, three locations, you're so much closer to your customer. It's a little bit easier to, uh, to really have that relationship. When you get to a certain point in growth, a lot of times there's a disconnect with your intentions and your delivery. And, uh, and in the case of the banking example, there was a huge disconnect based on some of the principles organizationally with some of the, the uh, messaging to the consumer. Okay, is is there a danger? Um, It seems to me sometimes in the fitness industry, probably in all industries, companies are very keen to give special offers to attract new clients, and there's a danger there that you can be seen to be treating your new clients better than your existing loyal clients. How does that kind of fit into the customer service fallacy or the customer service model? Yeah, if you're giving new customers better opportunities than your existing customers, there can be some bad will created with your existing customers. If I'm a long-term personal training client or a long-term member and I see other people getting a better deal than I'm currently getting, that could create some, uh, some heartburn. So you have to be sensitive to that. You know, one strategy is that, uh, that if a member has concerns with your introductory offers, that you, uh, that you do something special for them to compensate them and, and make them feel appreciated as well. You know, typically you want to have introductory offers that you can explain to your your existing members why you're doing what you're doing. You know, we're trying to grow the business. We're trying to grow the program. This is only an introductory offer for a certain period of time. It's not a permanent better deal than you have. You know, so being very careful on how you create introductory pricing to have member acquisition or client acquisition that doesn't uh, rub or offend your existing memberships is very important to uh, to being authentic to the service model. And of course, I, I guess a lot of your existing customers may also have come on um, and become a member on some special offer as well. So maybe maybe they'll be more understanding than we might think. Yes, and you know a lot of operators have pretty much a similar value in discounts for new members. You know, this month it might be fifty dollars off of enrollment fee. Next month it might be a free month of dues. So a lot of times operators are are giving away a similar amount with their introductory offers just packaged a different way. So that's another way that uh, that you can alleviate some of the disconnect. Okay. Look, every club thinks that they deliver customer service or presumably they think that. But what's the difference between doing what members expect of them and doing what makes members go wow and really make you their third place, the place that they want to be when they're not at work or at home? Yeah, I mean, the foundational level is our members getting what they pay for. If they're getting the expectation 
for the dollar that they, uh, they're spending. To really understand customer service and customer experience results, you have to be in relationship and communication with your members. I'm a big believer in member experience management, where you're asking your members on an ongoing basis, trying to touch every member every quarter with feedback, so you really understand what members are thinking. In some of these member experience models, you know, one of the core questions is the net promoter score. And uh, most of us in the industry are familiar with this metric, but uh, you ask basically a question of on a scale of one to 10, how likely are you to recommend this business to a friend or family member? And nines and tens are net promoters. Those are individuals that are helping you grow your business. Uh, Sevens and eights are net neutrals. They're not helping you really grow and they're not helping you uh, shrink. They're not helping or hurting your business. And then sixes and below are net detractors. Those people are actually hurting your brand and thwarting your growth. So the calculation is simply the percentage of detractors from the percentage of promoters, and that is your net promoter score. And you want the higher, highest score you could achieve. But by doing member experience management and using survey systems in order to get continuous feedback, you can see how you're doing in front desk friendliness, fitness center cleanliness, locker room cleanliness. If you have childcare, childcare friendliness, personal trainer availability, condition of equipment. These are all quest- questions baked into these type of products that allow you to, uh, to really have a pulse of what your customers are really thinking versus um, just assuming that everything's okay because your members may be silent. So clubs should make that a, an, an annual thing at least that they do or even a quarterly or six-monthly thing? Well, I believe in an ongoing daily thing where you're taking all of your members and you're touching them through the course of a quarter. So every member gets contacted, surveyed every quarter, but you're getting them in dribs and drabs. You're getting a a pulse rate daily with a certain component of, of number of members. And there's many tools out there in our industry. We use Medallia through a company called MX, MXM Works. But there's other products that allow you to capture just net promoter score and other feedback like Listen360. I think there's a product called Qualtrics. And so member experience management software is is very beneficial to club operators in retention, service, growth, excellence. I mean, it's it's a critical component using technology to improve. Okay. What role does feeling play in customer service? I mean, how you make somebody feel is the key, right? You know, it's... That's the key to relationship. You know, you can't logic somebody into caring about you. It's, it's about feeling and, and how authentic and how caring and how rapport is built. And so, you know, that's really the bottom line, Ali. You, you've kind of nailed it right there is, is customer services creating a feeling, a positive feeling with the relationships between you and your members and your facility and your members. So feeling is what it's all about. On that topic of feeling, yeah, you, you tell a great story also of um, customer service in one of your clubs, one of um, your active clubs, where the, the staff has gone above and beyond. That's regarding a pair of Nikes. Yeah, we had a staff member that uh, that was dealing with a police officer visiting from out of town, and he was from Hawaii originally. And so he was you know, on vacation, and he was wearing flip-flops, and he didn't have workout shoes with him. And you know, for safety reasons at this particular property, we wanted him to have closed closed shoes and, and he simply didn't have any. So the staff member, rather than giving him a pair of old shoes that were in lost and found, let him wear his his own personal shoes. 
And, you know, that member was extremely appreciative that he got his workout in and that the staff went above and beyond. But we've had other examples where staff members have changed a tire for a member in the parking lot. You know, staff members have have gone above and beyond in many cases. And, and most of the facilities and of the listeners of your, your podcast have similar examples of staff going above and beyond. And that's really the definition of great service. When something goes wrong or somebody needs something extra or has a special need, our team step up and really deliver for that person to exceed their expectations and help solve their problem. And some of those examples you really can't train on. They really come from hiring the right people and having a philosophy and a value system around committed service. So uh, so I think sharing those successes that you have in your facilities with other team members, passing that history along, the historical knowledge of uh, examples and, and teaches people the culture. And really, stories are a great way to spread culture and keep things going in the direction that you want. Okay, you say that customer service is personal and specific, but customer experience is personal and global. How so? Customer experience is, is the all the experiences and touch point that go into the delivery of your product. So the cleanliness, the presentation of the parking lot or garage, the sidewalk in front of your facility, the mirrors, the glass, the temperature, the uniform appearance, the all of those things, how people are, are being addressed and spoken to, signage, you know, all those touch points are experience. Customer services is specific to an individual's needs. So typically you don't hear much about customer service unless it was extremely poor, rude, or something went wrong and somebody exceeded the expectations in correcting it, which would be very positive. So both are critical to delivering, but member experiences are the multiple touch points in everything you do combined to, uh, to create that feeling and emotion. And customer service is the personal personal service that, that goes into correcting things or making things, you know, wow factor. Bill, part of your message is start with heart, with the word start and heart being acronyms. Could you elaborate on those? Yeah, start is, is just a, it's a, it's a well, well-known system of upfront customer service. Uh, it's a, an upfront customer service model. And the S in start is smile and greet people warmly. The T is tell your name, role, and what you expect. The A is active listening and assistance, that you're really present for the conversation and you're listening to somebody to get what they're saying and to really get where where they're coming from. The R would be building rapport and relationship. And then the T would be thanking the person for being being with you and and being at the facility. So start is, is a basic reminder for service approach. Heart is more about when something goes wrong and you need to do a service recovery. Mm-hmm. And, and the acronym for HEART would be first hear, hear and listen, really capture what's gone wrong for the member, emphasize what the issue the member is having, repeat back the issue so they know you got it, apologize for whatever occurred, then respond with either a solution or a promise of when you will follow up with a solution. So you don't want to leave it open-ended. You want to fix it right then, if at all possible, saying yes to the member if at all possible. If you can't do that, then you want to um, to promise the follow-up. And then the final is T, again, thank the person. So with START, the upfront customer service model, it doesn't necessarily have to be in any particular order. With HEART, you pretty much have to follow that order. You have to hear them 
reemphasize back that you've got it, apologize, respond, solve, and, and, and obviously thank. So um, that's just a simple model to keep it in the forefront of, of the importance of a customer service model and a recovery model. Okay. What's the danger of having people be members of our clubs in spite of us rather than because of us, i.e. they might be members because we're conveniently located? And as we know, location is a really, really strong factor in making people's minds up about which club they become members of. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of a lot of us do business with other businesses because of our needs. It's convenient. The switching costs are high. Other reasons in spite of what the business is doing to keep us as happy customers. And the danger when your customers are, are, are using you simply for convenience, not because you're making them want to be there, is that as soon as they find an alternative to what you do, they will leave. So you want your customers to stay with you because of you, not because of other reasons that have nothing to do with you when at all possible. So if you have a great business but it's only because of circumstances that you're not controlling. It's from external circumstances. You're at jeopardy when those external circumstances change. So understanding what your members are really thinking, understanding what you're doing to really impact their loyalty is critical to being of service to them. Otherwise, you have a tremendous amount of risk of losing business when other solutions appear. Do you have any last piece of advice regarding customer service for any of our listeners? No, I think, I mean, it's people first. It's process and procedure and, and, and product. You know, what's our product? What's our process? How are we going to execute procedurally? And if you go in that order and really get those two pieces correct, and with process, procedure, product, you know, I'm talking about member experience, customer experience management, customer service training, all of those things you should land with a high degree of profitability. So people, product process, profitability. But people are still the core of human relationships. Great advice, Bill. Thank you very much. If listeners want to find out any more, where can they find, find that out? You can reach me at uh, Bill McBride at bmc3.com. You can also find me on my website, bmc3.com. And I'd love to, uh, to uh, be of any of assistance or answer any questions that anyone might have. Thank you, Ollie, for having me. It's been an honor. Thanks again for talking to the Fitness Industry Podcast. To grow the success of your fitness business, become an elite club member with Australian Fitness Network. Elite Club Membership provides you with all the benefits of network membership as well as a host of management and marketing resources from Active Management, including two one-on-one -on -one half-hour coaching sessions, marketing templates and live Q&A sessions and roundtables. Join Network today at fitnessnetwork.com.au forward slash membership and put your club ahead of the competition.